The Southern Middle Tennessee Prep Sports Today podcast is brought to you in part by Columbia Academy, Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, Andy Wilhoyt with United Country Realty, the law office of David A. Bates, Custom Stone Handlers, Covenant Technology, Patio West, Coastal and Comfort Eats, and Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. Specializing in orthopedic injuries, their OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit them online at mtbj.net. Sports Today with TSWA Hall of Famer Maurice Patton. Here's Chris Yow. Good morning and welcome into the Thursday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. As you can probably tell if you've listened to this show at all, I am not Chris Yow. Chris Yow is absent with leave. He and he and his family are over in North Myrtle Beach, not to be confused with Myrtle Beach. South Carolina. I'm Maurice Patton, however, um, joined by Coach Mike over here on the controls. Good and morning, Mo. Good morning, Mo. There we go. Good <laughs> good morning, Mike. Um, joining us in Chris's absence, and I'm so pleased to have him with us here in studio this morning, it's Joe Fisher. And anybody in this area over the last 30 years, more than that. Yeah, sadly, more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Should know who Joe Fisher is if you've been paying any attention to sports in the Nashville slash Middle Tennessee market at all. Former voice of the Commodores, um, longtime friend, and like I said, really, really happy to have him in here. Um, certainly an upgrade over Chris. We can take shots at Chris yes, since he's, he's not since here he's not here to defend himself. Since he's in North Myrtle Beach, yeah, just having a rough life right now. Uh, yeah, he's he's struggling over there. And and to be fair, <laughs> I'm going to be out in a couple of weeks, and I imagine there will be more than one shot taken at me. So I just figured I'd go on the offensive this morning. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Mo. Good to be with you. Great, I appreciated the the invitation to come down. I, I drove down this morning and. Uh, Got down here a little early, and so I went over to Bucky's and had uh, had some bacon and eggs. And, oh, and uh, some biscuits, okay. and got ready to got ready to go. Well, right. well don't don't fall asleep over. Well, it could happen. It could happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'd hate to look over there at you and you um, Mike. If he starts snoring, yeah. cut his mic. That's right. That's right. Okay. I'm strapped into the chair though, so if I fall, I won't I won't get up. <laughs> Hit the button here. The button, well, yeah. well, you've had breakfast. Coach Mike got you set up with coffee. Man, I'm so ready to go. You're good to go. Let's do some radio. Let's let's do it. Um, got an interesting show today. Uh, in the second segment here, we are going to bring in Jesse Smithy from Five Star Preps over in East Tennessee. He had an interesting story online yesterday 
Knoxville is looking at potentially bidding for the next round of the Blue Cross Bowl State Football Championship Series, um, which will probably be a four-year period. Chattanooga and Finley Stadium just got the next two um, for the, the 21 and the 22 season. So the next bids will go out for likely it'll be a four-year period, 23 through 26. And if Knoxville were to get that bid, those games will be held at Neyland Stadium, hmm. which I think and I obviously would be an interesting proposition there. I think every kid that plays football – in the state of Tennessee would love to have the opportunity to play a game in Neyland stadium. And, um, but it's not without its concerns, obviously as Joe, as you and I discussed, you know, off air nine games in three days on natural grass Mm. in November slash December in Tennessee could get dicey. Where would that fall in terms of Tennessee's season? Would it fall after? You would think that it would be after. I mean, I wouldn't but think not would, necessarily. Boy, I would think say it's going to be if it was it, right it's on the, after. It's right on the yeah. It's, it's right, right on after. the border. And not only that, but and and Jesse, if you don't subscribe to FiveStarPreps.com, it's understandable because they deal primarily with East Tennessee high school athletics, but I tell you, they have some great stuff on there. Um, I did a really nice comprehensive look at, I mean, he kind of preempted any question that might come up uh-huh. to be honest. And we'll get with him more on that. But even if it is after the season, particularly with the December signing date, now you're going to have kids, you know, coming in probably on recruiting visits, either, you know, that are going to be signing in December or mm-hmm. going to be signing in February or, you know, there's certainly a lot of recruiting traffic through there during that time frame, and you don't want those recruits coming in looking at whatever a natural grass field could look like after nine games in three days. Yeah, and the other the other aspect too, if you, if I'm a Memphis school, now you're going to make me travel 400 miles to to go play, and and all of my parents and and fans and all to make that trip. You know, it, potentially it, on a for a Thursday game. Yeah, yeah. So now you're looking at missing. Two days of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I there. I can understand. Some I think there's a lot. To that. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of questions, but I think it's interesting that you know the the discussion is there of taking it that far in either direction mm-hmm. out of Middle Tennessee. So again, we're going to get with Jesse Smithy um, here in the second segment. Going to talk about a uh, a handful of ball games we had last night. Um, okay, uh, Mo, real quick, just take. Doing a quick check on uh, the schedule. November 27th is their last home game, and that's the Vandy game. Okay. Well, again, we're talking about 23 through yeah, 26. Yeah. So, yeah. That, so we don't know but that, gives, sure, that but gives you a rough idea. It's usually mm-hmm. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, it's going to be the end of yeah. November is the, is the end of their season. Mm-hmm. So that's that kind of gives you uh, yeah. a quick a quick reference. Um, you know, in the second segment, we'll probably continue to knock around some – some TSU football. I think um, there was a development yesterday <laughs> with regard to the coaching staff. Um, probably drawing Joe's knowledge a little bit with um, the <laughs> a coaching hire that you may not have heard about in women's basketball over on West End. Um, 
Also, there's an interesting little baseball series, speaking of Knoxville, mm-hmm. this weekend. Indeed. That um that deserves some attention. Mm-hmm. And because we are all Braves fans, we'll touch briefly on well, we'll touch longer on Ronald Acuna <laughs> than we will on his <laughs> 25 or 26 teammates. So He's about the only thing to talk about right, right now. now. He's, he's been pretty he, much it. Uh, yeah. But he is definitely worth talking yes. about yes. right now. Um, so we will get into all of that here in just a bit. Um, want to mention also, want to welcome our listeners down in Franklin County listening on WZYX, the Eagle. Um, if you're in Winchester, Huntland, Deckard, Cowan, good morning to you guys. Appreciate you being with us this morning. And particularly, folks over in Huntland may find this next little piece of information interesting. Former Centennial and Huntland girls basketball coach Tony Hill was announced yesterday as the new coach at Independence High School. Um, He joins the unfortunate revolving door that has taken place there. He will be the fourth coach in as many years at the top of the Lady Eagles program. But um, spent four years at Centennial, won 55 games there, the best four-season uh, four total in the Lady Cougars history. Uh, went on, spent a couple of years up at Portland, was down at Huntland in 2018-19, and led the Lady Hornets to a 19-14 and 14 finish and a region quarterfinal berth. And the last two years he's been over at Riverdale, so now he's back in the big chair at Independence back in Williamson County and seems to be excited to be there. We've got a story up on the website at sm-tnsports.com, so be sure and check that out. Um, we're going to talk about a couple of ball games from yesterday here later in the show, but... Um, for right now, before we close out this segment, we're going to give you the rundown. Here's the rundown. Thursday Rundown is brought to you by Zion Christian Academy. Um, if you're looking for a private school education in a faith-based environment, be sure and check out ZionEagles.com. You can set up a visit there. You can... Um, Check out all of the great information on that institution there. So, Zion Christian Academy, check them out if you're looking to um, make a move. Wednesday's baseball action, it was a short schedule yesterday. Lawrence County defeated Coffee County 3-2 in District 8 AAA action. Also in 8 AAA, Lincoln County edged Tullahoma 6-5. Mark Pickle and the Columbia Central Lions were going for his 500th career victory yesterday over at Shelbyville. Came up short as the Golden Eagles won 11-5. In non-district play, Zion Christian in a back-and-forth affair defeated Hampshire 7-5. In softball action yesterday, the Lady Knights defeated Coffee County 7-0. It's Moore County 6, Cornersville nothing. Columbia Academy defeated Tullahoma 13-1. And Colum- I'm sorry, Columbia Central. Beat Tullahoma 13-1. Columbia Academy defeated Zion Christian 11-0. In Thursday's action, Cullioca plays at Cornersville at 5 o'clock. Also at 5, it's Perry County at Hampshire. Santa Fe at East Hickman. At 6 o'clock, Loretto travels to Russellville, Alabama. Also, Spring Hill will play down at Lawrence County. At 6.30, 
pages at Independence. Mount Pleasant travels to Summertown. Summit hosts Ravenwood. And at 645, Columbia Academy plays at Creekwood. In softball action today, Grace Christian visits Columbia Academy at 5 o'clock. Independence is at Brentwood at 5. All of these softball games are at 5 o'clock. Loretto's at Perry County. Santa Fe travels to Fayetteville. Frank Hughes hosts Summertown. And Summit plays at Spring Hill. All 5 o'clock starts. In boys soccer today, Columbia Academy goes to Providence Christian. That's a 5 o'clock first touch. Also on the pitch, Kalioka is at Hickman County for a 6 o'clock matchup. Forrest is at Richland at 6. Middle Tennessee Christian travels to Zion Christian at 6. And at 6.30, Columbia Central hosts Lincoln County. And that is your Thursday Rundown presented by Zion Christian Academy. So there you have it. Yesterday's results, today's schedule, and when we come back here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, we will be joined by Jesse Smithy of 5starpreps.com. Stay with us. If you've listened to this show, you know Chris and I are always down for a good meal. Recently, we learned about Patio West in Spring Hill and what a pleasure it has been. Their menu is full of seafood, burgers, and more, giving every member of your family something to enjoy. Be sure to go by Patio West Coastal and Comfort Eats located at 3011 Longford Drive in Spring Hill or visit patiowest.com and tell them the guys at Southern Middle Tennessee Sports sent you. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ned Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Hey, welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Maurice Patton here, Coach Mike on the controls, special guest Joe Fisher, and on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline, as promised, we got Jesse Smithy with 5starpreps.com. Um, Jesse, good morning. Jesse? Getting the silent treatment. Uh, yeah, well, it's not the first time. Jesse, can you hear me? Somebody was there. Oh, Jesse. 
Yeah. Okay. Hello. Okay. Yeah, we can hear you there now. You we can hear right. you now. Right. We, <laughs> apologies from the engineer there. It helps out. Uh, hit the right button. Right. <laughs> hey, hey. Never a dull moment here in the studios on West 7th in Columbia. Jesse Smithy, Five Star Preps. Um, great article yesterday, Jesse, and I find it really fascinating from a number of, uh, of angles. Um, Knoxville is discussing making a bid for the Blue Cross Bowl for the 2023 through 2026 seasons. Had considered making a bid for this two-year period that just went to Chattanooga and Finley Stadium for the next two Blue Cross Bowl series, plural. Um, personally, I never would have thought we'd see the championship games move that far out of Middle Tennessee, but I can mm-hmm. I can certainly see the allure of championship games in Neyland Stadium from the standpoint of Again, you're not going to find a a high school football player who would not love the opportunity to play a football game, a state championship football game, in that stadium. And and I would think that that's got to be a really big draw. You have reached the maximum time permitted for recording your message. You guys got me. Yep, yep. <laughs> we we do have you. We we do right. have you. Um, All right. Um, yeah, but yeah. I mean, the genesis of this article all arose from social media. So every time the bids go out for state football, there's people in East Tennessee that just say, hey, why does Knoxville never bid on this? Or why do we never see Knoxville's name even considered in this? And it gets dismissed pretty easily because obviously Neyland Stadium does not have synthetic turf. And I think there's this contention that when you play nine games in three days, there's no way you can do it on turf. And I said, okay, well, let's let's unpack this take a little bit. That this Everybody just flippantly throws out and says, okay, well, I guess that's why. Well, is it really why? And so I, I called Visit Knoxville, which is like the, the Visitors Bureau, the sports commission there. I, I got them to talk about it. I talked with PSSAA, Bernard Childress, the executive director. I talked with uh, Dr. John Sorokin, who's one of the country's, if not the country's, top field expert. I mean, he does work with the NFL. He does work with the University of Tennessee. I mean, he is the guy. And we talked with him about, is this feasible? Can this be done nine games in three days? In December? Yeah, Yeah, in December. And he said, yeah. Now, is is there a possibility that there could be bad weather and they absolutely tear this field up? Correct. Sure. Yes, that's, that's a likelihood. I mean, I can't, I can't think of too many weeks where I've spent in Cookville or Murfreesboro covering state championships where there hasn't been a drizzle or a rain or a snow. It, we don't get 50, 60-degree days very much. Now, it's happened a couple times, but not often. So you can pretty much bank on there being some, some nasty weather that week. So, But we talked with him. I talked with another field expert um, anonymously. It's kind of like an unspoken thing where you don't want to critique somebody else's field if you're in that. So I get it. So, I mean, but both of those guys said, look, this is doable. You can pull it off. But there has to be a commitment from the University of Tennessee and the visitor or, you know, visit Knoxville to budget or allocate some dollars just in case this field gets shredded up. And remember, they have the orange and white game in April every year. So 
is for, for that field, that Bermuda grass to heal during December, January, February, probably not going to happen. So if you're waiting for it to naturally heal, you're going to have to wait until March and hope that it gets done before the orange and white game. Now, is that likely? Probably not. So you're going to have to budget some dollars to resod that field if it just gets absolutely shredded up. Now, it might be fine. It, it might be a cold and kind of crusty surface, and it can withstand the the, the, the weight of all that those games that week. So it's going to be a case-by-case basis. But what I learned from talking with Visit Knoxville was in maybe, I, I guess, the four-year bid cycle before they moved it to, to Chattanooga, that there was really high interest from Knoxville. But at that point, the field was the main concern. When they looked at it this past time around for the two-year cycle, they said the field was barely discussed. So that just lets me know that they're willing to do this and they're willing to resod the field if they want to. They have the money. I think we all agree that University of Tennessee has money to do that. We're looking at 100000 to 200000 I mean, look at what they're paying out coaches for buyouts. So they, they can do this if they're totally committed. And the Visit Knoxville Sports Commission lead guy says, look, we want this. We're probably going to put in a bid in 2023. We just have to sit down again with the University of Tennessee, map out all the financials, and, and just make sure all the, the parties align. The reason they didn't do it this past time was they had – Visit Knoxville had a lot of different things going on, projects that they were working on and already had on the books that were you know taking their time away. Tennessee had a lot of leadership changes, whether it's football or administration that was going on, um, that all the COVID regulations going on. And so they're just – they just didn't feel like it was the right time to put in a bid. And I think stepping back and, and looking at the bigger picture, I think they really understand that this would benefit the city of Knoxville. And I think it would help the University of Tennessee's recruiting. This isn't – Tennessee's not the cool school anymore. Remember back in the 90s where – Every kid growing up in Tennessee wanted to play at Tennessee, whether they lived in Memphis or Nashville, or wherever. Well, those kids in the mid-state, those kids in Memphis, they're looking at, they're looking at Clemson, they're looking at Alabama, Ole Miss. I mean, Oregon comes in. I mean, just people all over the country are coming to Tennessee now, so they need mid-state athletes. They need Memphis area athletes to come to Neyland and be wowed by the facilities and where they get to dress in the locker rooms and warm up on the indoor practice field. So. If it means they ruin their field and have to pay a hundred grand, so what? They're getting kids in that stadium and on campus, and that could benefit them down the road. We're speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jesse Smith of FiveStarPreps.com, and um, again, Jesse, that was a phenomenal article. As you said, you unpacked everything that could possibly, I think, be addressed regarding the possibility of the Blue Cross Bowl in Neyland Stadium. So, with that said, how do we make Memphis closer to Knoxville than it is? Because I can see folks in West Tennessee just getting up on their hind legs and saying, you know, you've asked us to drive to Cookville for the last 10 years. Now you want to drive us another two hours? I mean, that's I think that's definitely got to be a concern in this decision-making process should Knoxville right. put a bid out there. Well, I asked Bernard Childress about that, and he said that he doesn't think there would be much contention with that or, or much dissension. Um, the, the fact that your kid, your team, your hometown is going to get to be showcased in Neyland Stadium, I mean, what an experience. Does anybody get excited about going to Cookville? 
I don't. I, I don't know of kids that get excited about dreaming of playing in Tucker Stadium. As a couple of MTSU graduates here in the room, <laughs> we don't either. So, <laughs> nope. Well, I mean, and, and, and look, Cookville's been nothing but amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. the coaches have said that. I mean, how they've been over backwards just to help coaches in town feel special. But that that stadium, that playing surface, is not going to get you emotional. It's not going to – I think, uh, again, Tennessee – Still, in every little boy's dream, not as much anymore. But the experience and the game day experience of, of what it would be like to play your state championship game in Neyland Stadium, I think would trump a lot of the, the griping. Look, there's still going to be people that complain. I get that. I mean, you're going to see the people on social media saying that this is too far or whatever. I mean, somebody's always going to complain. But I think on the whole, uh, a four-and-a-half to six-hour drive from West Tennessee to play in Neyland Stadium, I mean, you're going to have small towns and communities that think this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to our high school. And, and I just think in the end, that trumps all. Just like with the state golf, people were griping about, oh, do we want to drive to Sevierville? Um, I think once you get to Sevierville and you see not only the two golf courses that the state golf tournaments will be played on as opposed to Willowbrook, you see all the amenities, all the things to do for entertainment and, and eating and just to making it a, an experience, not just an event, but an experience, I think that will hush a lot of the doubters up. Jesse, it's Joe Fisher. Uh, appreciate hey, Joe. appreciate the article, and and th- this is interesting. Being a being a Nashville guy and having followed high schools for for so long, you know, I, I'm one of those people that believes that this the Blue Cross Bowl should be played at Vanderbilt every year, uh, mm-hmm. and that that's just that's just me. Um, I'm wondering, because I think back to, and, and going back to the field issue, I think you're absolutely right that the commitment would have to be made that they would have to resize the field after the games were done. I think that's that, that needs to be part of it. My bigger concern actually would be during the games, um, if, if the weather turned out to be an issue, by the time you get to game three on one day or game seven, um, and, and I flash back to, and I know, Mo, you remember when TSU and the Titans shared the field mm-hmm. at, at the stadium. How many times did they have to resod the middle of the field right. between the hash marks from day to day just to try to make the field playable for the Titans for the next day? Uh, and, and, boy, you have to wonder, if you were unfortunate enough to hit a weather week where you got a lot of rain – I, you know, replacing the field after to me wouldn't be as much of a concern as playing on a field that turned out not to be fair. From a safety standpoint, and, and just per, just perhaps, and, and or, a game where you you can't play a championship you're trying caliber to, game, yeah, where you're trying to d- decide a championship, yeah, that would yeah. be that would be a big concern for me. I, I get that, guys. You know how many times I've seen kids slip and fall on that horrific turf at Tennessee Tech? Mm. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot. For kids trying to juke and change direction, and they can't because that that playing surface is one of the worst synthetic turf surfaces I've seen. And I've worked in the synthetic turf world for about seven or eight years now. Mm-hmm. You and couldn't you couldn't way. sell them anything. <laughs> I can put. Yeah, you, I've got. That. Hey, I've got Mark Wilson's phone number. <laughs> I got I got access to him too. Okay, and uh, it's but it's uh it's and it's not just been that way since 2020. It's been that way for four or five years now. And whether that field is safe, I don't think it is. Whether it's a good playable surface, I don't think it is. 
But you're right. And by Saturday night, when the 4A and 6A games are going on, your two of your marquee matchups, do you want your field looking like trash? Uh, on that Saturday night on TV, do you do you want the kids slipping and falling all over the place? If it's if it's rainy and muddy, we used to be accustomed to that. We're kind of spoiled now because mm-hmm. of all the synthetic turf surfaces that are out there. Mm-hmm. That used to just be something you would suck up and say, okay, it's going to be a muddy night, or it's going to, you know, it's going to we're going to have to change our cleats or something. But or we're going to run the ball forty times. Yes. Yeah, so and I and I asked Dr. John Sarachin about that. It's like, are, are there things that those guys can do? between games, between days, to recompact the field, put sand down, get it playable. And so he said, yeah, there, there's routine maintenance that they'll do to it to get it playable for the next day. Um, but, yeah, you, you wonder if it's a if it's a rainy week and it's, uh, it's, it's rainy during Thursday games, it's rainy during Friday games, what that field's going to look like on Saturday if it's raining. That, that's definitely something that Bernard Childress talked to them about. They said, hey, if you're willing to – to have your field ripped up and whatever. I mean, that's that's something that the board of control will have to factor in, and it's it's a it's a pros and cons list. Mm-hmm. Does playing in Neyland and having that experience outweigh what the field could possibly look like on a Saturday night? And I'm sure if Knoxville does put a bid here in two years, that'll be a, a, a point of discussion, probably a long point of discussion during that meeting. And so that's why we try to address it now and, and get people comfortable with those discussions and that thought process of this is what it could look like on Saturday night. And um, so, yeah, we'll see. But it's, it's definitely a, a red flag and, and something that needs to be discussed. And we discussed it in the article. Some. Speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with Jesse Smithy of fivestarpreps.com. Jesse, I, I got to say, man, you didn't try to address it. I mean, I, I just think you took every what if that could come up in this discussion and, and you, you hit it. And I mean, I, I, um, I was so impressed with the, with the work that went into that and with um, what came out of it. If you're not, like I said, Jesse works the East Tennessee Knoxville high school faction. And so some of our listeners may not be familiar with them, but I'm telling you, you need to get familiar with him because he does great work over there. Um, yeah, and if, there's, if there's Middle Tennessee listeners that want to read that article, but you know maybe they don't want to pay the full price for our website, I, I get that. Uh, just have them reach out to me, private or direct message on Twitter or Instagram, whatever. I'll give them a coupon code. They can get a discount for a one-month membership and um, just enjoy that article and some of the other stuff that we got going on on the site. We uh, – kind of breaking down the Knoxville Catholic football search. So there's some other things that I think people out there could enjoy uh, beyond that article. So I appreciate, you know, those kind words, kind words, Mo. I mean, we, we try to unturn every stone. And, um, again, it's, it's all kind of in Knoxville and University of Tennessee's court now, and uh, we'll see what they do with it. But, yeah, it was a, that was a, a, a two weeks worth of, of effort and time into that article, and I appreciate you saying uh, what you did about it. Well, I tell you, I'm glad you mentioned the Knoxville Catholic situation as well with um, former Tullahoma quarterback Steve Matthews and Knoxville Catholic parting ways here about two weeks ago now. Where are they in their process of coming up with his successor? Yeah, they're in the interview phase. They've uh, they've gotten past the uh, the text messaging and calling and putting out feeler stage. They're they're bringing in guys this week and got some names, but I don't 
I don't feel like super comfortable sharing them on the okay. record just yet. You know how it goes in coaching searches. You hear names and sometimes it's second and third hand information. Uh, they play this one pretty tight to the vest. And I think they've also made some, some calls just to throw some people off their, their, their trail. So <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, it's a high profile job in this area. And uh, we put together a list of 12 candidates from around the state who we think could be a good fit or at least somebody that they should talk to and interview and, you know, there's some mid mid state guys in there from from there, Davidson Academy, and then there's uh, there's guys that are from the the Chattanooga area that that we like that we think could be a fit, and so it's um we try to go as wide ranging, reach out to some mid mid state people that we know and trust, and reach out to some Chattanooga people and say, hey, who do you think could possibly be a, a fit for this job? And so, yeah, we got 12 candidates and their bios and and what makes them attractive to Catholic possibly. And, you know, uh, I feel like Dickie Samparak is going to be exhaustive in his efforts, and I'm not surprised Mm -hmm. to learn that he is playing this thing really close to the vest as AD at Knoxville Catholic. And when you put that list out there, I'm sure you made some folks in the mid-state a little uncomfortable naming (laughs) um, Davidson Academy coach Jonathan Quinn and and Murfreesboro, Oakland coach Kevin Creasy among those candidates. So um, as you are beginning to hear names and that kind of thing, should people in the mid-state continue to be uncomfortable? I, I don't think so. Uh, I think some <laughs> of the, I think, again, those were, that was the day after that job opened up. Like, who should they at least call just mm-hmm. to get their interest? So do you call Kevin Creasy and just say, hey, uh, Kevin, you know, we just want to gauge your interest. Yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at what he's done. Mm-hmm. Now, he might just say flat out no, and then you move on. And so that was what that list was for. Um now there's some guys on that list that I do know they talked to hmm. and they should have because they're, they're, they're big time candidates. So hmm. I would say right now, the names that I've heard are more East Tennessee based. Uh, there's one coach that I heard out of Florida that I'm, I don't even know his name. I just know he's at a private school in Florida that they approach, but I would say 90% of the people are been more kind of East Tennessee based. Okay. All right. Well, great. Jesse Smith. So that should be soon. Should be soon in the next. I, I would say in the next handful of days. Wow. Okay. It's nice to see a quick coaching search at the high school level because that doesn't seem to be the case here a little closer to home. And I'll just leave I mean, that at that. <laughs> they got well. I mean, spring practice is right around the corner. So, I mean, they look. There are guys on Catholic staff who could run spring practice. I have no doubt about that. But I think they want to have their head guy in place and. uh just in case there's an offensive philosophy shift or defensive philosophy shift, they have time to put in their stuff in the spring. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Of course, the fact that your quarterback is playing baseball kind of puts a damper on all of that. But I think it does. I, I think whatever system you're going to put in, I think is going to involve Caden Martin. So you know, I think you're going to be okay with that. Um, yeah, for sure. Jesse Smithy, fivestarpreps.com. Check him out on the interwebs. Appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, guys. Talk to you some other time, I'm sure. Sounds good. That was Jesse Smithy with us here on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. And when we come back here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, we're going to um, talk about a few few of the few games that took place on Wednesday's schedule. So um, stay with us here. When we're out covering sports in and around Murray County, communication between Maurice and I is absolutely vital to our success. 
When your business needs top-notch communication and local service, Covenant Technology is there, and they are dedicated to helping your business succeed by ensuring open lines of communication to your clients and customers. Contact them today at 615-846-9898 or visit covenanttechnology.net. Here's not Mo and Chris. Here's just Mo. Here's Mo and Joe. It's Mo Mo. <laughs> it's Mo and Joe. Um, Coach Mike on the controls over here. I'm Maurice Patton. Thanks for um, sticking around here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. As I said, um, we're joined in studio by guest host, guest co host, Joe Fisher. Always a pleasure. Man, I love it. Couldn't turn down the money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about that. <laughs> yeah, about that. We'll yeah. talk later. Well, yeah. yeah, we will talk. Uh, we'll talk after the show. Want to mention again? Want to thank our listeners on WZYX, the Eagle, down in Franklin County, and um, want you guys to be sure and check out Southern Middle Tennessee Outdoors a locally produced radio conversation with special guests involved in the outdoors environment from state parks, RV campgrounds, marinas, fishing guides, podcasts, TWRA specialists, and other lakes and outdoor venues in the southern middle Tennessee area. Um, moving north from the Alabama line into Rutherford, Franklin, Bedford, Lincoln, Coffee, Moore, Lawrence, Murray, Williamson, Davidson, Grundy, and other counties and towns in the southern middle Tennessee area. Joe? Are you an outdoorsman? Actually, uh, I wouldn't probably call myself that other than golf, but I had some great experiences back when I was working at Channel 4 with TWRA folks. We we would uh, we had a pretty heavy emphasis on the outdoors, and so I went on several different uh, stories with them, uh, releasing a, or bringing in eagles, um, testing streams, uh, I'd never seen a blasting, you know, cord used on a stream to, to actually test the, the stream uh, situation, stocking, uh, you know, taking the, the fish, uh, and stocking, uh, the rivers streams, uh, a lot of really, a lot of really interesting things that they do. Well, I tell you, I guess when you were at channel four, anything outdoors, Bill Hall was Bill was a part of taking, it. Pa- taking part of Ray it. Ray Pradines. I don't know if you remember Ray. Ray was kind of the outdoor guy that they hired as well. But yeah, Bill. Bill actually evolved into an even bigger role as time went on, and all the fishing and the gardening and all the the, the things that he did. He he was a big. He loved the outdoors. Yeah. Well, Southern Middle Tennessee outdoors can be heard later today, actually at one o five and at five o five p.m on WZYX. It's also available on Saturday at 7.05 a.m. So um, be sure and check that out on AM 1440, FM 94.5, FM 95.3, and around the world on the WZYX stream at WZYXradio.net. So um, again, if you're listening on the Eagle, be sure and check out Southern Middle Tennessee Outdoors later today, 105, 505, and Saturday at 7.05 a.m. Um 
We had, as I said earlier, a short schedule yesterday of high school competition. Uh, managed to get out to Zion Christian for the softball matchup with um, Columbia Academy, big Division Two, District Three. A Division Two A District Three contest, and the visiting Lady Bulldogs got a big performance from Avery Slaughter. Um, retired the first eleven hitters she faced, um, trying to reprise her no hitter from earlier in the year. She wound up with a two hitter, twelve strikeouts over five innings. Got a two run home run from Malia Hardy, her eleventh of the year, y'all. Um, in a eventual 11-0-5 inning victory out at Zion. The Lady Bulldogs, who the last time there was a state tournament played, they won it back in 2019. They won the Class A state championship, trending in that direction again in Division 2A with a 26-2 and record after that win yesterday. Um, Zion Christian falls to twelve and six overall, six and three. I'm sorry, twelve and eight overall, six and three on the year with that loss. And freshman Ashleya Coble got a little roughed up in that one. But um interesting matchup there. Also on the hill out at Zion yesterday, the Eagle baseball team outlasted Hampshire seven five. Um Luke Perko works two scoreless innings to pick up the victory for the Eagles in that one. Um, Other games of note from yesterday, um, Columbia Central, as we mentioned, with Mark Pickle sitting on 499 career victories, went over to Shelbyville looking to sweep their District 8 AAA series and came up short in an 11-5 loss there. So um, tough loss for for the Lions. Uh, They will return to action as they continue to pursue that 500th win for for their veteran coach, they will um, get back into play tomorrow against visiting Ravenwood at 7 o'clock. So could be a celebratory event there. Um, Central actually led that game 5-4 in the sixth, um, went ahead on a Connor Bowden sacrifice fly. Shelbyville scored seven runs in the bottom of the sixth. Um, so, sounds like the wheels kind of fell off. Yeah, a little off. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a tough way to lose one right there, a, a seven-run sixth. Um, freshman Luke, uh, Luke Usselton, two for three with a double and a triple for the Lions offensively. So, um, Mr. Usselton, one of the bright spots in a tough year. Central to this point, Mike. You're leaning yeah, in like you had say, something to uh, say. As, as a former high school baseball coach and stuff, those those seven inning, seven run innings, you, know, <laughs> you just you, you just sit there and die on the side. You can't you can't do anything about it. It, it seems like and, and stuff. So, That's the toughest thing right there. I mean, just not being able to get get a you, stop, as they would say in basketball. Especially when you go back and look at it and you realize, you know, this happened to me one year. It happened almost every game. We'd have one inning where we'd give up everything. And I'd go back and we'd look at it, and if you took that one inning out, we won. Mm-hmm. And doesn't work that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> Unfortunately, you got to have all the innings. So, uh, but but yeah, you, you got to feel for that team that really wants to get this this get over this hump. I mean, it's a it is a big hump. For it's them. a they, big hump. They want to get 
they and really get to it for him, and then and they it almost sounds like they're pressing a little bit. They may there. be pressing a little bit, but they may also be a little bit young. I go back oh, yeah. to their season I opener. Don't think they're a little in, bit young. Yeah, they're, they're a lot young. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I, I go back to their season opener against Coffee County, which was a district game. They had four freshmen in the starting lineup, yeah. and so I guess at this point, when you're 15, 16 games into the season, those freshmen aren't necessarily freshmen just because they've been on the field, but at the same time. It's tough playing with that much youth. You, you can't catch up with that junior and senior up there in in that one season. I mean, sure. it's just it's just hard to do. It's tough. Um, Central came into the season. Mark Pickle was four games short of five hundred wins, and still chasing it. I don't think that was necessarily the expectation coming into this year, but I think that kind of indicates the struggles that, that Central has faced on the baseball diamond to this point this year. So um, they will be back at it again, like I said, at 7 o'clock on Friday night against visiting Ravenwood. Lawrence County um, took the lead in the third inning behind Austin Luffman and Luke Nichols' RBI base hits and held on. For a 3-2 victory over Coffee County in eight AAA action, Luke Boswell with 13 strikeouts in that win. So, um, big win for the Wildcats there. Uh, any thoughts, guys, as we wrap up this first hour here? Um, I know um, we've, we've got about three minutes left here. In, I'm in- glad that they're able to play. <sighs> yeah. You know, I, I – I, I cannot imagine what it would have been like, what it would be like to be a high school student, a high school athlete, and lose a season or have it impacted the way it's been well, that, through all this. That was kind of what happened. It, yeah. It put, not really pushed me out, but that was what happened my last year. I, I retired in last May. Uh-huh. And our season, we were five five games into our season as a middle school. I was a middle school coach. Mm-hmm. And we were five games into our season, and uh, – all of a sudden, you know, we, we had a good run going. Had a, you know, for a middle school team, I had a pretty strong team for this for the county. And all of a sudden, it's just gone. Over. Yeah, it's over. It's gone, and uh, we're all kind of looking at each other like, "Well, what's next?" And we're all kind of like, "We have no clue." Yeah, we have no clue what's going. And on. And the thing is, you know, as we talked to coaches last spring, obviously, it ends. But you 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 typically know. When it's coming to an end, I and I covered a Columbia Academy, Columbia Central softball game on March 13th. It was on a Friday night, and you know nobody had any idea that that was going to be the last game that they played, that it was going to be the last game that we covered, mm-hmm. or anything like that. And just you know the the lack of of closure. I know it sounds kind of cliche, but. To, to not be able to really close things out the way you want to, and particularly for those seniors. Well, and yeah. there's, a, there's a speech. It's almost a famous speech among high school coaches, you, you know, always to, to cherish the game because you never know when it's going to be your last play, game. You play know, every and, game and, like and, it's and your last. And we're yep. talking – usually we're talking about in the terms of injury or something like that. Uh, no, this was – everybody got shut down, yep. and this was your last game, and, and you didn't know it. And you it didn't know time. it. Yep. Right, and you didn't know it at the time. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, you know. Tough situation there, like you said. So, um, seeing seeing these young people be able to participate in the sports that they love and that they put so much time in and that kind of thing is 
really been a great thing this spring. And and I think I think there's been a renewed appreciation for it. I hope so. For everybody involved because uh, I don't think any coach has ever had to use that speech again this year to <laughs> play every game like it's your last because everybody that's playing knows that knows it, it yeah. very well can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, we have come to the end of hour one here on the Thursday edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Sports. Um, when we come back on the other side of this break, we're going to talk a lot about Ronald Acuna and a little bit about the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Stay with us here on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. <laughs> 